Welcome to Mothering Earth, your source for sustainable living news. I'm Salwa Khan. My guest on this program is a protector of bees. The organization he formed is the American Honey Bee Protection Agency, or AHBPA, in Austin, Texas. His name is Walter Schumacher. He's been dubbed the Bee Czar. That's C-Z-A-R, Czar. Schumacher, the Bee Czar, started out relocating beehives from homes and businesses with the goal of protecting bees from people and people from bees. Relocating the bees allows them to continue working their hives instead of being killed off as a nuisance. He developed the AHBPA as a 501c3 and hopes that in the future he can get funding from cities and private people and groups so that the bee removal work he does can be offered completely free of charge. Currently, he requests donations for removing and relocating what we might call nuisance hives. Schumacher's work is especially important now as bee populations have declined dramatically. The U.S. Department of Agriculture reported in 2017 that the number of honeybee hives in the U.S. has decreased from 6 million in the 1940s to about 2.5 million. Honeybees are the main pollinators for the one-third of crops we eat that require pollinators. Schumacher started out by telling me why he enjoys his work with honeybees. I like to wake, I wake up in the morning and I know that I can play with honeybees and, uh, and, and, you know, they don't want to kill me. That's, you know, that's the easiest way to put it, is that I've learned to speak with them enough to where they can tolerate me. You know, honeybees work on an electromagnetic pulse, so uh, like every flower, every tree, every plant, it has an electronic signature that it's emitting this pulse out into nature and uh that's honeybees read that like like the blue bonnet right so the blue bonnet has these little landing pad petals right so that's perfectly it's one of the reasons we got the honeybee to become the official pollinator because the official flower of the state of texas is the the blue bonnet and the blue bonnet uh formed along with the bee to where it has landing pad petals and after the bee pollinates each tear changes color so the other bees flying by get to look down and go, okay, this one's already done, or this one's only half done. And so uh, that's, and the, all that's done, that change in color, the, the amount of nectar, et cetera, that's all on this weird little magnetic pulse. Wow. It's in our heart too. So we, each time our heart beats, uh, we put out this little electrical pulse and the honeybee chooses to interpret it and probably only two ways one is you're naturally supposed to be there or one you're naturally its enemy and so you know depending on what your heart's doing is what the bee's going to do you formed an organization at some point called the american honeybee protection agency tell me about how that came about so i started ahbpa um so that uh we could eventually have a no cost scenario See, right now, if you call the city or the state and say, I have a beehive, even though the bees belong to the state of Texas, the state of Texas still says it's your responsibility to deal with it. It's an annoyance. It's a pest. Mm -hmm. And in truth, 
that once that pest disappears, so does about 60% of our food. So, you know, uh, that argument is who do the bees belong to? And, and so in my solution, uh, because I thought it was the government's job, I started the 501c3 because the 501c3 is a quasi-government entity. Hmm. So although not a true government entity, you know, like the SPCA, they're kind of backed by the government now. That's what we're working right. on right now. So with Senator Representative, not Senator, Representative Terry Mesa, uh, we're discussing in the next legislative session uh, bringing forth uh, things like a bee wrangler certificate. Because like I said earlier, people that say they know what they're doing, they charge you a lot of money, and a lot of times they don't know what they're doing. They're just charging a lot of money because they know they can charge a lot of money. And so we're working to where the consumer, the citizen, uh, has a, a no fee. And so like right now we work on a donation basis. So if you call us and say, hey, uh, we have a beehive, we say, okay, here's our suggested donation. Mm -hmm. But if you then say, I, we don't have any money, we say, we'll fill out the, the little charity page and we'll put you in line and we'll still come do the work. We work on donations and grants and benefactors. Uh, uh, we sell a lot of honey uh, so that uh, if you don't give, it doesn't hurt that much. But, uh, you know, it doesn't, shouldn't stop you from giving. So, yeah, so, uh, so our goal uh, in a, a two-year period is to have a zero uh, fee uh, for bee removal. You should be able to just call. Uh, and so either through the sales of honey, et cetera, will have figured it out or will have talked the government into uh, footing some of the bill. Let's just keep collecting the bees, mm -hmm. and then the city has a thing, and now the city will have thousands of pounds of honey every year that will pay for, you know, for these bees to keep being rotated out of people's walls instead of spraying poison on them. And so that's one of the things we're trying to convince a lot of municipalities into right now, and it, and it should work, you know, because... In my mind, in four years, if each time the city, like Austin right now is doing it, and in four years from now, it, there shouldn't be a fee to the city of Austin. The honey itself should be paying uh, for all the services. Basically, we've become the steward of the honeybee, and in doing such, it gives us honey to pay its own rent on this planet. And that's, what, that's kind of what we're doing is you know, helping them pay rent. So you've referenced several times uh, the importance of bees. Tell us why they're important. Well, honeybees, I don't know whose poll you're going to look at or scientific uh, research, but somewhere between 40 and 70% of all of our food is generated solely by the honeybee. A lot of people say, well, it's not a native, but, you know, okay. But you brought in 141 species of plant, that this thing could pollinate. And so you've transformed your landscape to where now this is a native species because of all the native species you brought from other places. Right. And so now these things are almost endemic. But one of the things that uh, I think has been a lot in the news in the last several years is about the decline of the bee populations. What can you tell us about that? Well, I can tell you that uh, Bear Crop Science and Monsanto make billions of dollars a year producing chemicals that turn plants into toxin factories. 
One of those chemicals is a class of insecticides called neonicotinoids, or neonics, that are widely used on fruits and vegetables, many of which are pollinated by bees. Neonics spread through all the plant's tissues and are present in the plant's pollen and sap. Research studies have shown that bees that eat and collect that pollen suffer impaired learning and memory, which can result in bees losing the ability to find and return to their hives. So the bees go to this plant and the nectar, the sap, the pollen, everything from this citrus tree is a toxin um, and is developed to destroy the memory of the bee. So the bee goes and builds its home with this, and so it off-gasses to a point where does the bee just forget? Colony Collapse talks a lot about bees that just flew to the west and never came back. That's because bees have an eidetic memory uh, of their porch. But if you wipe out that memory, they don't know where the hell they're going back to. They're just going to fly. And uh, so that's, you know, commercial farming uh, will wipe us all out. As they say, we have to produce more and more and more. Uh, and we have to use this toxin and this chemical and this and that. In truth, uh, they're sterilizing the soil to where only their seeds can grow, uh, and the bee's not part of that. Several major chemical companies produce neonics, including Bayer, which recently took over Monsanto, and Syngenta, which was recently bought by Chem China. So back to your your bear crop science and your Monsanto. Uh, you go back to those cats, and so they've created really good toxins that are wiping out the bees from the time they touch the plant until the time that they finally drop because their entire uh, home is this toxic factory. Tell me about the educational programs that you do, the, the American Honey Bee Protection right. Agency. Well, we've, we have uh, several things. We have... Uh, uh, we have bees at uh, at schools uh, where the elementary kids actually partially tend them. We have some bees uh, at uh, junior highs where uh, those kids actually tend the bees. In high schools, they tend the bees. Uh, and then um, we've had a program at the jailhouse where nonviolent offenders uh, got to raise bees. Uh, and uh, and our, our newest uh, program that was just approved by Texas. Uh, we have a PTSD program that, uh, uh, see honeybees with humans, we have that fight or flight thing. And the same thing that happens in uh, combat happens when all of a sudden there's enough bees around you that you think you can die. So when you get to a level where you think I'm going to die, uh, then all of those uh, neurons fire in your brain and you're in the same place that you once were when either your buddy got shot in the head or you launched a grenade that killed whatever and you know whatever battle trauma that you have honeybees bring that bring your brain to a similar level but you can from the honeybees you're not in the middle of a battlefield you can bring those people back uh, and their brain can actually heal Uh, and so that's through gardening and beekeeping and and art therapy i'm trying to understand how that works so is it a matter of desensitizing you to the danger or the possible no it's 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 the taking you back to that same crazy place you once were Uh and then allowing you to naturally come back down instead of going johnny's dead yeah you know you go oh look we got a jar of honey this is kind of cool 
the beast didn't kill me. That's kind of nice. And then, you know, you sit and talk about how it made you feel. And you're like, oh, I got out of that alive. That was, that was okay. And then, you know, but the other parts of my program have a lot to do with uh, becoming very, very tired each and every day. And then they go do three hours of work, either with bees or with gardens. It helps them slowly realize uh, their value uh, at the same time as they build this, you know. They get to, by the time their six months is over, they get to see a whole lot of vegetables and fruits uh, go from seed to fruit. And so uh, there's, there's that value is in there. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan, and I'm here with Walter Schumacher, the bee czar. We're talking about honeybees and their recent decline, uh, but right now it's time for a break. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan. I'm here today with Walter Schumacher, the bee czar, and we're talking about bees. Can you can you kind of lead us through from the time somebody would call saying, I've got these bees, I want to get rid of them, to what you do once you get there? So a lot of people uh, will see that they have a beehive or a cluster of bees, or they've known for years that they have a beehive uh, in their wall and it's just become too big for them or they got mean. When bees run out of space, they tend to get mean. And we call them because of the press, uh, oh, those bees are Africanized. But we have no idea if they're Africanized or not. Most bees that get mad and pissy and attack you, uh, it's because they've run out of space. And so they have too great of a population with not large enough a world to feed them. It's amazing how our two little societies are about the same. Anyway, so uh, so you would call, well, you could call 311 or 911, and they might give you our number, or, or you could search on the web uh, for bee removal. And so we get a call, and uh, we send a person out, and then... Uh, they'll either look at it or say, uh, we're here to uh, remove it. So it's generally up to the homeowner. Uh, now, we do have a, a contract with the city of Austin that, uh, that changed a lot of things last year. So last year, I think, is when we got the contract. And so this year, instead of uh, the water meters, the electric department, all the people that have the little holes in the ground uh, that's bees really like those places mm-hmm. uh we now immediately get a phone call uh and so that's the difference was before people would pour gas or whatever they wanted into the hole uh and so like municipalities were wiping out about a thousand beehives a year and mm-hmm. so and again that happens in every major city in in, in america it's easier if you have a hole in the ground where the water meter is or something, most of the people that are reading that water meter just pour a cup of gasoline in, uh, and that wipes out the beehive. And the city of Austin has decided to do something a little bit different, and so they gave us a contract. And so uh, last year we pulled about 250 hives out of the ground, and we've already doubled that this year, I think. And so that program's working really well. Uh, and so there's several other cities that are talking about adopting it, Dallas and Corpus, San Antonio, mm-hmm. McAllen. But, so. but then what happens when you get there, when you get there, when, oh, when you're I coming get, to relocate? The, right, right, right. So what, what, if, if it's me that shows up, I, you know, I, I assess the situation. I like to use smoke. Uh, it uh, seems to 
mimic a forest fire. Uh, in the mimicking of that forest fire, the bee would go into the hive and eat a whole bunch, very similar to Thanksgiving. We eat a lot and we get tired. So the bees eat a lot after the smoke comes because they think they're going to have to flee. Uh, but then the heat doesn't come from the fire, so they don't leave. So they just become kind of lethargic, and it makes my uh, job quite easy. Okay. And so I then take their eggs uh, and put them into a bee box. Uh, and then I put as many of the bees as I can in there, and I hope to identify the queen. And you know you've... If you, even if you haven't seen the queen, you know you have her if all the bees voluntarily start going into the box. And so that's yeah. that's usually my goal is to get yeah. them to all just, you know, yeah. start this mass exodus into the box. Uh, and usually that means you have a queen. And sometimes you have to come back and gather the bees that didn't come with you. Uh, and then oh, you take them to wherever you're taking them. And about 50% of the time they actually stay. Uh, the rest of the time they fly away, but at least somebody didn't spray my poison on them. Right. Yeah. So are you, so are you actually picking up the hive and putting it somewhere else, or are you just getting the bees out? No. Well, we, you, you take you have to take in order to successfully relocate a beehive, you have to take the building with you. Basically, huh. you have to take all of its honeycomb yeah. and the bees. So, and then if you don't get all the bees, then you come back the next day to get all the bees. And then back to once they're sitting there, uh, wherever they're sitting, they choose whether they want to live in that box or if they want to go and make another beehive somewhere. Okay. All right. Um, and then uh, what about, uh, I understand one of the things you promote is urban beekeeping. What is that and how does that work? Well, uh, I, I'm a, I have a strong belief that uh, humans find these beautiful oasis-type places uh you know here in austin beautiful river all this wonderful green space and so we cut it down and build big giant gray buildings uh and so when you're flying over uh austin and you look down you basically see this giant desert uh, because it's all rooftops and so my theory is that you need to put plants and bees back on those roofs uh and it changes the whole uh, food structure so you know, and it, it also keeps bees out of human flight path. So, and, and humans in comfort have a bigger problem dealing with bees than bees have dealing with humans. They would just as soon not be bothered by us. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan. I'm here with Walter Schumacher. The bees are. And uh, I was just uh, asking you about urban beekeeping. So when you have, when you locate a bee hive on top of a building, um, are you tending that hive, or is the person that owns the building tending the hive? Or how does Generally, that I, I, I put uh, somewhere between 10 and 50 beehives on people's roofs, and then I take care of the beehives. Uh, you know, it's my job. So, um, uh, But one of the other things that we found that by putting this food on these different roofs is that you also uh, bring butterflies out of their uh, flight path uh, into so that they can jump from place to place to place. It's one of the things I'm trying to work with uh, the the government right now with is that as they talk about monarch migration, I'm like, well, give them a food path. Well, we have. I'm like, you have to the front door of every city. And then it's like, okay. And it's just very similar to like the salmon. 
They're like, okay, we want salmon to go back up river, but we've built dams and channels and locks to keep them completely out. So they've had to figure out ways to right. allow the salmon to go back upstream. So similar to that, they need to find a way to let butterflies eat. And so in my opinion, rooftops, that's, you know, change that desert back to uh, the oasis. Um, I understand you were, uh, or your organization was instrumental in advocating for legislation to uh, reduce the, uh, or, or rather to relocate abandoned bees. What's an abandoned? Well, you Is know, that a lot abandoned of, beehive. Or? Right. Well, a lot of times, you know, people have. Uh, so that's one of the. So it's one of the ordinances that we have in Austin now. Uh, so if you're a homeowner, right, and you've allowed your property to uh, become super infested by a really big beehive, uh, and that beehive could be dangerous to the public, then the city now can, uh, I don't think they charge the homeowner because I don't charge them. The city now has the authority to allow me to go there and remove the beehive safely so the public isn't attacked or, uh, so, you know, so nothing happens, you right. know, so nothing happens to the homeowner uh, their every, their property is still intact, and then the beehive's intact, and and then the public's not in danger. Right. So that's one of the cool things that we've done here in, in Austin. And then, uh, as you probably know, many people are scared of bees, especially when there's a lot of them buzzing around. Um, what can you tell people to make them maybe deal that with that kind of situation in a better way? Well, if you find yourself in a situation where honeybees are attacking you uh, you want to shield your eyes uh, and go to the very first door you can get into because once you open and close that door you might be stung by several uh, bees but the ones that are on the other side of that door cannot open that door um, and if we're just talking about nuisance, like I'm at uh, Zilker Park and the bee is trying to land on my banana split, uh, the swatting of your hand, uh, bees target motion. Uh, and then back to electromagnetic pulse, mm -hmm. uh, between the swat, which sends a pulse out from your heart saying, I want to injure, damage, uh, whatever the bee feels that and then targets the motion of your hand but it's not just that bee that saw it and felt it it's the 30 or 50 bees that are at the other trash cans that right. saw it and felt it and so now they're coming over to find out why you're being such a bad bear so so, so the best thing is to stay as still as you can right well you know the bottom the you know with 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 a friend of mine once said uh, a tree has never been stung by a bee and that's because the tree uh, very similar to the bee isn't afraid of the bee uh, and it's supposed to be there so if you're supposed to be here uh, then the bee recognizes that and you know and you know a frantic bee at a, at a picnic table it also has to do with starvation on on the part of the beehive and so they're they act a little more erratic and if we I mean, if we could get some of the things passed that we've asked for, uh, then, like at Zilker Park, I could I could make Zilker Park completely friendly for bees and used to, and and humans, but the city's not ready to go there yet, 
And so what the cities would rather do, and this is almost every municipality, uh, they would rather let the problem build to where it's a real problem uh, instead of just uh, take it down. Because, like, you could feed bees in a place where humans weren't. Mm. And then you could make, and I do this, I do this abatement uh, at a lot of places, like at the racetrack. So uh, you make the areas where we're bringing food in smell bad to the bees, and then you give them an alternate place to eat, and then the two never collide. And so, uh, so a lot of places, you know, we did yeah, it at SeaWorld for uh, a season, and I do it at the racetrack. So, and that works. Oh yeah, yeah. So the very first F1, uh, when we weren't there, there were something like 400 bee stings because they built a racetrack in the middle of, of the country and then brought thousands of pounds of sugar in. Uh, and the bees were like, thanks. Uh, and then by year two, I was there. And so in making the areas where the soda water and the funnel cake, uh, I made that unappealing to the bees and then gave the bees uh, fruit and sugar on the periphery. And so we, within three years, we were down to zero stings. And I also had like 500 beehives on site at one point, so. Wow. It proved out quite well. Yeah. If you would like to find out more about the American Honey Bee Protection Agency, their website is ahbpa.org. Thanks for listening and see you next time on Mothering Earth, your source for sustainable living news. Thank you.